everybody. You are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast that helps you get the most out of the Microsoft services you use on all your mobile devices. On this episode, oh crap, we're going to talk about some crazy stuff, I think, and I'm going to love it. David's going to love it. We probably won't agree. This is going to be really cool, and um, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find it. We'll see. Some of the following conversations are raw and completely original. <laughs> yeah, we do not know. We we barely... Okay, we'll get to it. Anyway, my, <laughs> my name is Vernon E.L. Smith. Uh, David is the other dude. What's up, buddy? Well, uh, lots lots is going on right now, Vernon. Um, but uh, had a pretty pretty quiet weekend working on a secret project that I'll uh, that hopefully will be unveiled later this month. Hmm. Um, but having a good time with that, very much so. It involves a good number of other people that are like minded individuals. Ooh, That's nice. all I'm going to say about that. How have you been? Well, I've been quite busy. A few different things. We are um, well. We might be selling our home in a good way. Okay, not. Uh, forced to to leave it or anything so that's all right um there's been some uh social and political stuff going on this week that has had as me scratching my head and holding my face in my hands and all kinds of stuff (laughs) and uh, i'm sure some of that will bubble to the surface but we'll try to keep it down for people a little bit and we had an awesome thunderstorm last few nights actually great thunderstorm some of the best we had i actually actually posted i found a reason to shoot and share vertical video okay whoa yeah so that's a teaser if you don't get anything out of this folks listen to the end of the episode for when i my my example of vertical videos because some of you know how badly i hate that some people are getting triggered right now dude (laughs) all right so um uh yeah i guess let's uh let's do it uh last week last week was awesome Last oh week, man! Oh man! We had we had Sean Johnson on the show, the Win fan. I oh man, Sean is just most amazing person. So much heart. Just his he's just so aligned. Like he knows what's up in the world. He knows where his priorities need to be. Obviously, a huge advocate of of Windows Phone, Microsoft. But he knows he knows when to drop it and to really pick his priorities, and that's awesome. Um. I just felt like I absorbed wisdom from him just being on the show. What do you think, David? Oh, man. I mean, absorbed a lot of things. I mean, inspiration, energy. Like, I just, I forgot what it was like to, you know, hear him talk. And because, you know, he's been away for a while. And so it's been, it was really fun to talk to him. And uh, just, if you're, if you're uh, sort of in this middle ground of Microsoft fandom, it'll, you'll skyrocket right back to the top when you have a conversation with this guy. Yes. So if if for some reason you're listening to our voices now and you did not listen to last episode, what was it, 65065 with Sean Johnson, literally, don't listen to this show. Listen to that one. And if you have time, come back to this one. This will be a wonderful show, no doubt. But uh, yesterday, last week was the true content, the inspirational stuff. Um, Awesome, awesome episode. So, one piece of news I thought it would be good to go over is the uh, 1520. The Lumia 1520 is is being re-released at the same price, but with a brand new operating system. Uh, Except so, it might not actually come with Windows 10 Mobile on it. We don't, oh, what? We don't, well, I don't know that for sure, but at least all the... Maybe, maybe you saw otherwise. But if you go look it up on AT&T's website... It has all the same Windows 8 or, an 8, or 8.1 um, branding material. All that stuff is is from when it was released, November yeah, of maybe, 2013. Maybe it'd be too expensive to just, you know, re-put new material on it, but I guess that makes sense. Well, because if they're, if they're clearing stock, which we can mostly assume that they're doing, they're probably they might already have all these things boxed up. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not packaged up. I can see how they'll they might spend you know uh, four minutes flashing the new uh, OS on there. Maybe, but I either AT and T does not understand their market, or we do not understand AT and T's market because this is blowing my <laughs> mind. What what I don't I don't know why they're selling it at the same price they released it at. <laughs> 
Yeah, that is bizarre. I mean, to be fair, it's one of the Lumia devices that's aged the best, mm-hmm. pretty undebatably. But still, like that's you got guts, AT and T. Um, and Sam in the chat is saying two things. He's saying first off, it still runs eight point one, and that AT and T is now clinically insane. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I'd argue with that. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> well, but I, see, wasn't AT and T always insane? I mean, well, we always. We we always hated Verizon, remember? Um, but AT and T, they just you know, I don't. I think it was great that AT and T had so many Windows phone, Windows, Windows mobile devices available. Oh man, yeah. And I really haven't. I can't really complain as far as the service or anything like that. But it's really easy to uh, uh, make. You know, it's really easy to lay into them. It is. I mean, I, I can remember first getting the Lumia nine fifty XL and how annoyed i was with them around that time because you know they didn't have an imi number like that officially you know basically the lumia 15 or the lumia 950xl didn't exist to them like it wasn't ever registered so you had to tell it you had a 950 for it to work properly like there's been some janky stuff but of course people that are listening to that that are on verizon are thinking that's nothing like compared to what they've been if they're a windows phone fan and they're yeah, on verizon exactly um the, the lumia icon was honestly one of my favorite windows phones of all time i i love that phone to death and so it's just so weird that you know verizon is, is just now respecting it i feel like by giving it the you know the update and everything and daryl is reminding us from the chat that at&t is um the the best microsoft partner for mobile and that is very true but that, like he, like Daryl says, it really isn't saying that much, unfortunately. But Microsoft hasn't necessarily done everything right either with the phones that they get that they push out. We understand that, and whatever. This is just mostly comical. The fifteen twenty, a very much beloved device for many people, but it's. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. What's why AT and T is doing this? Well, you know what's happening next, right? I mean, they're going to re-release the twenty five twenty running <laughs> Windows RT. Oh. Whoa, yeah. Might as well just okay. Forget it. I'm switching to Ubuntu. I mean, like I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's okay though because it's the Windows ten version of RT. Oh, oh, you know? oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that okay. Satya just talked about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But six hundred bucks, uh, or I think it's five eighty four ninety nine for the fifteen twenty. That's nope. crazy. Great big bucket of nope. I mean, you I, you're talking about this um your 1520 having battery issues and mine has the same problem where it will just it has you know what, 80% battery and then it just goes boom, it just shuts off. Um and so I mean, hopefully these new models have improved. What, I don't what know. makes you think they're new? That, I I don't I mean, know that actually. I mean, to be fair, what, what color is it? Uh, boy, is it green? I don't know, actually. I mean, mine's yellow, but I don't know what... Uh, hmm. Oh, uh, Sam says only black. I think that, that sounds right, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, 1520, I like the phone. Just, it's old. I'm sorry. And mine is, you know, has worn out. But has it's officially getting... Uh, uh, wow. Um, what is it called? Windows 10 Windows Mobile. Windows 10 Mobile. It is officially. You started saying 15. I'm like, yeah, the, the you know the 15 Windows Mobile update. Yeah. Or 14.386 or whatever we're on. That's what you meant to say. Yeah. Too many numbers. Except it's not getting 14. It's getting 10. 10. Uh, <laughs> eight. I don't remember now. I I installed it. I don't even remember what it is. Okay, on to content. Someone actually cares about. Um, Bing, Sean Johnson, when he was on the show, brought up a really awesome Bing search thing. David, tell us more about it. Yeah, and he I don't think he ever got to talk about it on the show. It was funny, like, when we did that show, we had a bunch of stuff planned that we'd talk about. And two of those things, one of them was this tip that we're about to share. And the other one was talking about the HP Elite X3 and how much he loves the device. And we were all excited to talk about it. Well, other stuff came up, and so we never got to it. So definitely want to talk about that on this show. So what... What Vernon was just talking about is there's this little known little tool you can use when being searched. So if you search for an image, you just tap the search button on any Windows 10 mobile device. It launches Cortana. You can type in your query. And then if you go to image search and you tap on an image, there's an option below. Uh, It's called 
what is it called? Like image shirt, like spot. It's like image portion search or something like that. I don't quite remember so, what it's called. So I'm you're do really asking me to, to record out. and to uh, and to phone at the same time, David. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, it won't happen again. Yeah. So you just scroll down and you say visual search. That's what the button's called. And so if you tap that, if you tap that, you'll be received with a prompt with these um, four brackets, and it will basically get you to crop a particular area of the image, and then Bing will search the rest of the internet for related images of the particular area you selected on the image. So, for example, if there's a picture of a dog next to a tree and you that image comes up when you search dog and tree and you you crop the brackets around just the dog it will find images of just similar images to that dog it's surprisingly advanced and i've tested it on multiple kinds of images and it actually like it does a pretty good job like i I did one on concert and i I sectioned off just one band member, and it started showing me pictures of like other random band members on different stages. It's actually pretty funny. Hmm. So uh, try it out. It's a it's a neat little tip, and something that Sean just shared with us. He we didn't really know about it for that long, so just a cool tip to try. Very very cool. I love this. It's very accurate. The, the what I've been using so far. It's great. Yeah, it's weird. Um, another thing to talk about is the HP Elite X3. This is the phone that the. Um, how do I say this? This is definitely the phone that the Motorola Atrix 4G wanted to be back in the day. Um, and if you don't remember, that's a Android phone from 2010, I want to say. Maybe earlier? I want to say earlier, actually. But um, there was two... 2010, There was, a, there was a, a successor to it, like the, you know, um, Atrix 2 or something. I don't know what it was, but... But, uh, there were a few funny things about the Motorola Atrix 4G. First off, like just to explain what it is, basically it was a device that was really, really powerful because it had a gig of RAM, I, I believe, <laughs> and that was like unheard of. And you could dock it with this specific like docking dealio, and it became a laptop. And so it, it, I believe it sort of converged to become Honeycomb, which is the tablet variant of Android. And so the idea was it was interchangeable between phone and... Uh, laptop or laptop like device and uh, it flopped in terms of it being considered you know partially a laptop another thing about it was it didn't actually support 4g or at least the at&t variant didn't which is sort of awkward because that was in its name um yeah and the reason why i know that is because i have a brother who owned it for a while and he wasn't very happy about that hmm. um anyway and so this back to the hp elite um x3 this thing is a absolute monster like in terms of flagship this thing would be at the top um its specs are incredible it has four gigs of ram has 64 uh gigabytes of internal storage a gorgeous amoled display nearly basically six inch display so almost as big as the uh, 1520 but with a four with a 1440p screen instead of uh because 1520 was 1080, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, you want to read out some of these other specs, Vernon? Well, I just love the dimensions. It, it is it's a 5.96 inch display. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Like, why would you even, like, at that point, why would you not just say a 6 inch? But that's that's fine. Um, Gorilla Glass 4, you know, expecting that. Uh, it does have two stereo speakers a front-facing speakers which is nice people like that idea about it um let's see some of this stuff is not relevant like audio oh yeah that's right um uh bang and olfson audio now i don't really know how much better that's going to make it but the branding the marketing of that is really interesting um it's got your nfc it's yeah, got your, your typical stuff types ty- uh usb type Type C, which is important. 3.0. Hooray. Yep. Um, like, this oh, is basically dual, the dual sims. I didn't notice that. Oh, nice. I didn't see that either. That's dual awesome. nano sim or nano sim. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, 16 megapixel front facing, or, well, rear facing camera, and 8 megapixel front facing camera. It does have the iris scanner, which is great. Also has the fingerprint scanner. At least I remember. Let me scroll a little further. And uh, that, well, David, what would you prefer, I- iris or fingerprint? Assuming they work well 
like properly. To be fair, I would. I know I'm gonna get roasted at the stake for this, roasted. but I would prefer a fingerprint uh, scanner, just because. Like as funny as it is to say, in terms of Windows Hello, like it does work fairly well. I really don't have many complaints about it. But in terms of speed of unlocking your device, it's just faster to type in a PIN code. Mm-hmm. Or just swipe up on the screen. If, well, obviously you wouldn't have that if you if you didn't have it locked. But typing in a PIN number is still faster than it recognizing my eyes. So a, if a fingerprint scanner worked really well, I'd probably use that over um, the iris scanner. How about you? Well, I, I do understand for initial unlocking of it, the fingerprint or thumbs, thumbprint of it especially. And I understand why on iOS people really like it that way because that's really the only – that's what you would use to unlock and then do something with it. You know, that makes sense. Uh, right understandable and same thing with some of the samsung's that's all right uh double tap to wake if that's back right and if you have capacitive oh, keys man. and you're you know double tapping to wake from there where are you going to put your your thumb or finger basically you'd have to move it but i think that uh not that this wow we know first world problems but uh <laughs> i do like the iris scanner people are going to give me crap about this but i it has worked pretty well for me lately on the 950. Now, I don't keep my phone locked that often. I'm at, just when I'm trying it out, I set it for 15 minutes. But the best spot that I like the iris scanner is when I'm paying for a movie or an app or something like that. I don't want my kids messing around with that. And too easily they can guess or they can, they can um, you know, learn, I guess, remember a, a pin if they're watching me. I, I have good kids, but, you know, this could be... They could get fooled. And, of course, you can't really uh, fool a thumbprint, except I could see a bad kid going to buy an app, going to their their parents, you know, they're laying in bed, grab their thumb, finger, whatever. <laughs> and uh, That's one devious kid. Holy cow. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying that can be done. Now, I doubt I will be uh, still sleeping when my nefarious daughter opens my eyes and puts my my eyes in front of the phone now obviously if this is something we're concerned with you have other problems in your life uh you need to address so um some people sleep with their eyes open well (laughs) that's uh this we could be sponsored by visine i guess that's i don't know why that would be okay wow um I think the option of both obviously is great, but then there's, there's added cost to that. And not every phone is right. going to have all these extra things to it. I do like the idea well, right. of iris scanner. It works great. Sometimes it works like crap sometimes. Well, and that's the big question. Of course, how much is this device going to actually cost? People are sort of speculating, you know, higher end things. I can't imagine it being a quote unquote reasonable. I mean, not reasonable price. That's not the right word, but. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and um, and so, but I'll also be interested to see the kinds of people that buy it because, in terms of the ideal continuum device, you have found it right here, mm-hmm. and so I'd be really excited to see what the continuum version of Windows how it performs with four gigs of RAM and a quad core processor and all that. Well, the reported price for the entire package, the HP Elite X3 de- mobile device, plus the what is the lap dock. And the crap, what is the other thing? Oh, well, continuum. I'm sorry. Uh, basically, that is about 1300 bucks, is what we've been US dollars, is what we've uh, seen leaked or spe- you know, strongly speculated, seen some marketing right. materials and whatever. And I think we're right around 800 something for the device itself. Maybe it was seven something. The, Hey, internet's in front of you, people. Go figure it out for yourself. <laughs> it's not our job. We only podcast and talk to you about it. Yeah, well, I feel horrible. <laughs> All right, so X3, pretty sweet. David, are you about... Okay, if this was available... Let's just say... What, what month is it? July? If this was available in November, you going to get it? So there are a few things that would entail. First, checking if I have an upgrade yet with AT&T. Two, if it would be offered as an upgradable phone through AT&T, which, I mean, do we know that's no, a thing? No, we don't know that at all, and this is what I'm getting at. We're not, I'm not expecting it to AT&T. If it comes to the U.S., it'll be on AT&T, but it's probably just going to be available through the Microsoft Store. 
Okay. So you... Yeah, in that case, forget it. The, you, I, I bought the XL, and so I'm not going to be buying a, you know, a phone off contract for a while to justify that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know. What, what would you do? I mean, you you just did your upgrade, I assume, for your 950, right? Well, yeah, I mean, correct. I'm paying for it, but... Hey, we're we're hardcore Microsoft enthusiasts. We're supposed to just drop piles of <laughs> money on the next, the newest, coolest thing. And I guess who's who else is going to spend money on this if we don't? That's a really good point. Now, I'm not just donating my money to Microsoft or in this case HP because because they're giving me all this kickback, right? Um, <laughs> that'd be nice, but I, I can't justify it. I I I can't. Right. Of course I want to have it and boy maybe I'll even find a way to uh get a demo device or something that would be amazing but um no I'm not I'm not dropping 700 or especially 1300 bucks for the thing not going to happen mm-hmm. and like one thing that Michael Fisher has said or Mr. Mobile as he's known now is that you know if someone can make a killer continuum device you know that could be seen as enough of a differentiator so you mean, because i you mean for me to buy it for work well you know to, to buy it instead of being content with a 950 or you know or as an, out, an outsider who's not a windows 10 enthusiast like i think continuum sort of is that differentiator and if you know the hp elite x3 really nails continuum maybe um but again like if it's not that much better than a 950 or a 950 xl then it's like well, um, how much of what HP is putting in here is really going to make that continuum um, experience better than what Microsoft is doing? And I know they're adding stuff to it, absolutely, and and it sounds a good direction. I, uh, it sounds good so far, but is most of that is the back end on Microsoft anyway? I mean, it, it's they're they're the ones that built the the underlying architecture for that. Um, so I really don't know how much more I would get out of the X3 from a continuum mm. standpoint uh than i would out of the 950 or 950xl of course processing mm-hmm. and you know depending on this the, the yeah the processor itself and the ram maybe that's that would be a differentiator but i think uh the whatever i i, I can't justify it at this time and we'll continue to you. have this this conversation for the next several months probably i mean it's going to be staring us in the face and all yeah Shh. All right, so let us know, folks. Hey, we're like on Twitter and stuff, so um, tell us if you would get this thing or not. Eventually, we'll have a poll about it, but we're not just going to keep having the same poll every three weeks. Hey, are you going to get the X3 now? <laughs> How about now? <laughs> so, but Yeah, we will be tweeting that on, on Twitter, totally. And we won't be tweeting... One thing we will not be tweeting about from the MS Mobile Show is anything about Pokemon Go. That is something that... that twitter account will not be tweeting so uh you can all not worry about that okay so we warned you at the beginning folks if you're still (laughs) listening we're talking about pokemon this pokemon go phenomenon and it is i'm i'm quite impressed with the phenomenon i really am um but i think i'm a little too old to understand it the way that david does what am i missing on this thing oh it is it is nothing about age Uh, my friend you know friends of mine's parents are freaking playing this thing i mean it has exploded for people that have played that very are knowledgeable about the series and people that know nothing about it and i think there's a few pivotal things nintendo did to make that happen and the first thing if i recall correctly they had a really dramatic like cinematic Super Bowl trailer for it. I don't know if you remember it. No. It was it was basically they did a superb job Wait, marketing Super it. Super Bowl? Yeah, they were they were That's advertising like it before in January, it was January, February or whatever. Yeah, it was a while ago. Okay. All right. Yeah, and they were um and yeah, I do I do want to say it was a Super Bowl commercial and um I'm not really a sports fan, so I mean, I'd be wrong, but I really don't think I'm wrong here. And um, anyways, and so that really intrigued people, this idea of, you know, oh my gosh, like virtual reality Pokemon. And for any Pokemon fan, that's sort of like a total dream. Um, But okay, essentially what Pokemon Go is, I mean, you're probably all sick of hearing it, so I'll make the explanation short. 
essentially it encourages you to like travel around to random places and based on geolocation where you are you're in this sort of augmented world that kind of looks like a google map and there are these like there are these areas of interest so like a store or a monument and you can visit it and collect items and collect pokeballs and then randomly pokemon will appear on this little map on your phone and uh this pokemon goes only for ios and android right now and so if you see a pokemon on your phone it'll vibrate and you can you tap it and then you basically try to catch it by lobbing pokeballs at it and it's what's kind of cool is like it's sort of mixed augmented reality well not really augmented reality eh for well, virtual no, it, reality it quite literally is augmented i mean because you okay seen, yeah it is yeah, you're right yeah so much stuff with reality lately i'm getting confused that's, with all the terms okay. so it is augmented reality and so you look through it, you see this little pokemon if you move your phone to the left you know it goes out of view so it kind of tracks where you know you first had your phone held up and you have to lob the pokeball to catch it you can catch them you can fight people and basically it's causing a lot of issues because People are, are already, like, employers are saying, okay, I'm paying you to work and not to be catching Pokemon in your office. It's a really big problem. People are, like, asking to, like, go in people's backyards because there's a Pokemon there and they can't quite reach it. And, like, it, it's hilarious. And this thing's been out for, what, a week or something? I thought something? it was Wednesday it came out. Yeah, less I mean, than a week. I think. Yeah, and literally it has exp- it's not literally. I use the word incorrectly. <laughs> Figuratively, it has exploded. It hasn't literally exploded. And like Nintendo servers are down left and right. I mean, this thing is is I mean, and everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. It's ridiculous. So, I'm the old man get off my lawn, okay? But I'm coming <laughs> this is from Okay. First of all, I'm a little bit of a skeptic, a little bit of a cynic. Definitely a little bit of a conspiracy theorist in one manner or another. So when something gets really, really big, really fast, that's my that's the first red flag to me. Okay, because if everyone is on board with it, I mean, like, just think of it this way. I'm going way out there. There's a there's a whole lot of racial tension right now based off of some other stuff going on. Okay, people know about this. If you don't, you, you should. Um. And I'm not saying coincidentally, I think that the timing on this doesn't quite align. But quite often, when something pretty important happens, something else pretty distracting happens right about that time or soon after. I'm not saying this is the case with Pokemon, but I see this cycle, this trend. And um not saying I'm seeing things that other people aren't, but you know, when something gets real, real big, real fast, I get I have reservations. I have concerns. Okay. <laughs> now, let me be clear on this. I'm not bitter about Pokemon Go because it's not on Windows Phone. whoop de freaking do Okay. I have an iOS device sitting right here. I have another Android device sitting right over here. I can play this thing if I want to. Okay. And I'm not. And and not because <laughs> I'm, I'm not any smarter than anybody else. I think I'm just less efficient at what i do because i am busy as crap all the time with what i'm doing my jobs podcasts children potentially moving i mean like all these well literally will be moving uh selling the house whatever um i have all my hobbies toastmasters lions club i mean like i have things that i'm doing that i thought pretty much everyone else is doing i mean like i think (sighs) People have hobbies that they go with and they, you know, oh, well, this is consuming my time. I'm being productive or I'm reading a book. I'm getting a little smarter. Hey, I learned a new word, like whatever. And when I, okay, let me back off. David, how many hours a day, just, I don't even know, just estimate or get a guess. How many hours a day are people spending on Pokemon Go? The people that are in this. Is it 20 well, minutes? Really is it you- 20 hours a day? I mean, like, where where, where are we at here? So I'm really glad you brought that up because you mentioned that, you know, you're, you're involved in all this other stuff, right? And, you know, I do not think you're the target demographic for this game. You have to keep in mind, Pokemon Go is probably getting, like, nerds outside and walking around and doing a lot of good for them. So in in that sense, I would hope that they spend lots of time on Pokemon Go because otherwise they'd be playing a different game and not walking around and going outside. I'm serious. 
I I do see that aspect of it. I also see how that could be quite literally a crutch or even like a, um, you know, a, a back, a, what do you call it? Like a, a backdoor marketing thing. Not trying to get too crazy about this, but that, and people, I've heard the stories of, oh, here I'm a uh, 40, 45-year-old white male wandering around the park at three in the morning trying to catch a Pokeball and two younger. No, no, no. Bl- you, you catch Pokemon. You use Pokeballs yeah, yeah. to catch That's the what Pokemon. I, sorry, but use yeah, and That's and right. and uh, he walks past a couple younger. Well, in this case, uh, two twenty-year-old black males, and they go, "Hey, dude, over by the monument." And he goes over there, and then they're <laughs> they're together and chatting it up and bonding and creating a positive thing. That's great. But then the cops show up because they're like, "Hey, you're obviously doing a drug deal." Like these stories are out there, and I I I am certain some of these are happening. Many 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 of these are happening. But would this not be exactly what? Um, Nintendo or the actual developer, I forget the name here. If I was marketing for these, I would I would get these stories out there because um, it is adding a positive to balance the, oh my God, this person stopped their vehicle on the freaking freeway and um, caused a pile up and all this kind of crap. Um, some people should not be allowed to do those things. Uh, when they're endangering other people, what's where? How <laughs> off is my balance here, David? I mean, your balance isn't that off. I mean, this thing has caused astronomical issues in terms of you know, like I mentioned earlier, like employers having to tell their employees to do work and not catch Pokemon. I mean, imagine that. And like, I mean, and it's causing people to go like in areas they're not supposed to go frequently. It's like and on on the roads. I can see it being a massive problem. Um, but again, to my point, I, I know gamers, okay? And I literally know people would not go outside or walk around unless there was some sort of incentive like that. I That is just how it is. And so the question becomes, you know, how much harm versus how much good is it doing in that regard, you know? And so I think that is an interesting discussion, and we are seeing both sides of it. The, the here Here is my issue with it, though. I'm very bitter about Pokemon Go taking off. And like you mentioned earlier, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's not on Windows Phone. I use iOS and Android devices. I can experience it if I want. It has nothing to do with the fact that I hate Pokemon. I actually really enjoy Pokemon. Pokemon is an amazing series of games that Nintendo's made in... It started in 1995 and has exploded since then. They've done a marvelous job with the series. But not um, not literally, figuratively. Thank you. Figuratively. Wow, you caught me again. Good one. Um but what I'm resentful about is it's encouraging Nintendo to move forward in the mobile direction. And why that discourages me is because it's the freemium model. Pokemon Go is just like lots of other mobile games out there is the freemium model. And I I am not a fan of the freemium model. And the biggest reason for that is, okay, here's my thing. I don't mind freemium in the sense that if, if the in-game purchases amount to what the game would have cost or, you know, what a game traditionally costs, that's acceptable, in my opinion. But, I mean, when it requires... Like, if you can get an advantage in the game or the only way to beat the game fully or in order to have all the perks of a game, you spend thousands... You are able to spend thousands of dollars on one thing. That is a big problem well, for let, me. Well, let me devil's advocate here. Say I'm the game developer. And I'm going right. to say, well, David, here's these say you've got these 30 people that installed the game and they use every single free aspect of it and they just know where, oh, I'm not going to spend money on that. Like, I, I do that with freemium games. I'm like, I'm going to get as far as I can without spending a dime. And, you know, th- people like that exist. And they say, well, the people that spend $1,000, well, they're very few and far between and they're going to spend their money on something anyway and they're covering the cost Right. Of everyone else, and obviously this is a geocaching and virtual real or uh, augmented reality game. I mean, these concepts are not new. People, it's geolocation. It's not geocaching. Or what did I? What did I say? Yes, geolocation. I'm sorry, but I mean, right, basically, I um, yeah, geolocation and augmented reality. My LG Quantum. You had one too, David. That had oh, yeah. the LG app. It wasn't necessarily Windows Phone. The augmented. Oh city, my gosh! Cityscape? That's right. I totally forgot about oh, that. So good. I mean for 2010 but anyway uh it was <laughs> um 
But that that is the argument that a game developer can make is like, well, totally. we're not forcing this on anybody. Right. No, and that is true from from the free market perspective. I mean, you know, do what supply and demand. I'm all for free market. Yes, Don't here. get me wrong. Yes. I I am just I'm resistant to that model because like premium games are so important to me and I, well, I growing up I came from an era where a developer would develop a game, a producer would produce it and then it shipped and then that was the game. When you paid full price for it you got the full experience and everything that came with it so now what i'm seeing in these so-called triple a games that they're releasing now and also mobile games too is a throw product out there and they just throw patches and updates on it like they don't even try to do something polished in the first time um and now with like dlc which is downloadable content and all this other stuff again they're just layering on the first item you're getting is an incomplete package and you know you have you have it will require something else to get the full experience whether that means paying more money or it means downloading an update or buying some peripheral and i'm very resistant to that because the games that are the most timeless and the most loved i think are the ones that you paid full price and you got the full experience right up front it's like a movie right like you wouldn't ever like go to a free movie and then if you wanted to see the next scene you'd like pay like that's that's silly in my opinion and not how games should be uh distributed that's true but in the movies um if you buy a dvd or blu-ray obviously um you can pay 10 bucks for the film or you could pay 18 dollars for the you know the premium what do you call it collector edition or something which has all the special features and crap like that Right. Well, that is the whole thing plus more, very much so. And if DLC was like that, and, and you know, updates were like that, which they are advertised as, I do not believe in this day and age in 2016 that is true, though. I think I think people are, are you know, developing games that are shorter, and they, they're not as, well, like, not as well thought out. And again, that's that's my own opinion. People are free to disagree with me. Um, but, but in, the, in the, general, the way that it's going, in is, general hmm. games, let's just call them for, let's just say first person shooter games have become, Ugh. but, uh, but that's a pretty common segment, not necessarily for it me, is. but it's very, very popular. Think of the money that goes into those and how in depth, how immense, Im- um, massive and Im- immense these, these, um, well, maps are. Think of it. I mean, the content in that game, if you have 80 gigabyte, yeah. um, uh, game i mean think of all you're putting into there there how much does it cost to build make a game billion bucks or i mean i don't know what it is tons of money for call of duty right. or whatever and so right. one could argue that um that some people would go in and just play the bare bones version of it and they paid their 60 bucks for it and that's what that's dude i believe i believe you but this is the other i'm with you but this is the other side of it is that Someone who goes in, they play hours and hours and hours and hours of it and go through every level and really in depth and everything. Well, they're quite they're quite willing to pay for that additional content as opposed to someone who just buys it or gets it for Christmas and just like, oh, whatever, I'd play four levels and be done. Um, but I don't know, whatever. We, we don't need to yeah. continue on that, I guess. It's true, but like, you know, and I mean, it does go back to how you treat it, right? Like, in my opinion, a game could be considered a masterpiece, like a book, right? So, like, when somebody writes a book, they write it with reader's intent, and they, they it's X number of pages on purpose, and, you know, all those sorts of things. In my opinion, a game is very, very similar, where, depending on the kind of game it is, obviously, maybe it's an action-adventure game, so it has pivotal characters, it has a musical score, it has a plot, it has a beginning and an ending, and when that, like, mobile games, like, spits in the face of that, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Where it's very, very fleeting. It's, like, not meant to be an experience. It's just sort of a thing you do to occupy your time. And that's definitely the perception gaming is for a lot of people. And mobile gaming just reinforces that. And so well, that's, that's another reason why I'm very resistant to it. To try to it. shoot another hole in this for you, David, like, um, an online book, potentially even your own book, could be updated and would not that it would lose the spirit of what it was trying to do but it wouldn't have to be okay this is now done you know like a rtm type of thing it, it, it is uh literally updatable and new content um different versions and all that revisions and that type of thing but i do i really do understand your point yeah 
So that's just where I stand on it. But, I mean, in terms of people getting upset about Pokemon Go, like, let's be honest. Some people are just frustrated about it because they like complaining about what everyone else yep, is into. Here. There's always that part of it. Um, the the other folks, at least in my timeline, that are complaining about it are because they can't ha- get it on their phones. Um, and then, of course, there's the natural annoyance with people trying to cram Pokemon Go in their titles on blog posts for SEO or, oh you know, clickbait potential. Like, there, there's that annoyance that just comes with something that's uh, viral or popular at the time. So, mm-hmm. p- putting all those things to the side and considering the fact that I'm not a huge mobile game fan, I actually consider Pokemon Go to be a pretty awesome uh, deal. And I think it's something that at least Pokemon fans have wanted for a very long time. So kudos to Nintendo for doing this. And if you're listening and you're playing, please don't use it while you drive or at work or in any unreasonable or unsafe way. Yes. Follow local laws and and regulations, please. (laughs) Where's Sam? Just kidding. Like, literally, don't go playing around in someone's backyard, people. Don't jump the fence into their pool. I mean, like, come on. Um, I don't want to be mean here, but be wise, folks, especially if you don't normally see the light of day as apparently some of your friends, David, and this is how they <laughs> outside. Um, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm not sugarcoating it. And I'm, in that respect, I'm really happy that so it's a, that's there for So them. if we had a Pokemon Go show, we, call, we could also be sponsored by Vitamin D, the sun i mean like not sun sunny d no but i'm no but like sunlight okay uh whatever i that didn't it made more sense in my head right uh but one thing that is really cool about pokemon go is that people are recognizing oh hey wow augmented reality that's kind of cool so you're seeing like big news names talking about this and sometimes mentioning hey you know augmented reality Mobile gaming with augmented reality would be a wonderful thing for Google Glass. And I just want to just smack them on the forehead. I'm like, is there not something else out there right now that happens to be working pretty well? Did you see Dan Rubino's uh, retweet of uh, the augmented reality, like Pokemon scenario with HoloLens? No, not yet. Oh, it was so cool. It had a Charizard and a Rayquaza, I think. Yeah, I know. They were just sort of standing there. Well, I'm saying it for okay. the benefit of the listeners. <laughs> Sorry. And they were looking around in the scene. They were just kind of standing there in some sort of idle animation. And it was just, it gave me goosebumps. Like, that would be, like, with HoloLens, like, it would never happen because Microsoft and Nintendo, although what? Minecraft Wii U was a thing. Well, well, so here's here's the thing. Microsoft is obviously different Microsoft now than it was five years ago. Okay. And if, if, and HoloLens certainly wasn't a thing. And so if this thing, well, they were working on it. And if this thing can make money for Microsoft and for for Nintendo, especially a lot of money for them, well, why would they not look at into that? I think that well, <laughs> it's funny you should say that. And Nintendo's also a very different company than it was. They're doing a lot of new things. Um, before Microsoft made Xbox, they actually tried to acquire Nintendo, I believe. Okay. And Nintendo, or and even partner with them, not not necessarily acquire, or maybe it was. I know they tried, like, Nintendo's notorious for not partnering with uh, Western companies. So I don't know if it'd be on Microsoft, like, like they wouldn't partner because of Microsoft. I think it'd be more like Nintendo doesn't want to do it, hmm. to be honest. Like, Phil Vischer has even said, like, Banjo-Kazooie, who is now a Microsoft character, he's like, hey, if Nintendo wants to put him in Super Smash Brothers, go for it. And Microsoft hasn't done it. Or uh, Nintendo hasn't done it. So I don't know that they're playing the very very nicely with uh, Microsoft. Hmm. Well, we understand how this can really get a lot of developers thinking and then obviously seeing the dollar signs and the backers behind it can see the dollar signs on how augmented reality or mixed reality and, of course, of course uh, geolocation just like Foursquare or whatever, uh, can be really compelling. Foursquare hasn't really made any money. We understand that. Got to no, put lame, not. lame ads in there and everything. But um, I just think it's cool how this is progressing. This, it, Unfortunately, it's just a stupid game. I mean, <laughs> stupid air quotes. But like, if there was something that people could truly band together on... I mean, they are banding together on this. There's, there's uh, social... I guess progress, social progress with people uh, for a common cause and all that 
fuzzy stuff. Vernon, you are underestimating how much Pokemon means to some people. Oh, no. I mean, you can... I have not experienced this. I understand. But I believe... I mean, like, I get it. Just like someone bands together with their their ball team or their... Especially their high school ball team, for one. Holy cow. Or or whatever. I, I get it. Um, my, my point is... They're, they're, this is opening up roads for other things. And HoloLens, right. especially a consumer version of HoloLens, five years from now, we're definitely going to see something like that. Um, not, I sure not, hope so. Not right away. Not right away. Yeah, because that, that would involve, like, you know, not only my HoloLens becoming, like, coming out more and being more of a consumer item, but it being something that, you know, people buy. Like, I don't see Joe Blow buying a hololens you know but, very soon but microsoft holographic or uh that's sorry, true windows what is it windows windows holographic? holographic yeah i mean that any oem can install that yeah, and make it that's make true. a device someone you know acer can do a cheap version of it i mean if they if they yeah. want to mm-hmm. and there will be versions where you'll have a little battery pack or a wire or something like that which could uh make it more affordable or more you know uh, extend the, the the usage and all that kind of stuff we we don't know what's coming, but something like that is. We we have to assume that that there are OEMs that are working on something like that, and it makes sense not just to get people in there uh, for enterprise to have their their great big expensive version of it, but to have a cheap consumer version. That's where the money's going to be too. So anyway, um, moving along, I suppose. All right. So what else uh, do we want to cover here? The jumping between two episodes, basically making up for last week. Yeah. Um, I I really like the the. I just want to say this before yeah. we move on. Like I like the um, I like the model that Microsoft's doing, where you know in phone they you know they release some flagships, and they're like OEMs make devices like this, and then Surface they launch flagship Surface. Hey, make other Windows devices. Then, like with Windows Holographic and Hollands, hey, this is the flagship. Make other holographic devices. I think it'd be really interesting if Microsoft was like, hey, Project Scorpio, here's the premier Xbox One experience. Yeah. Hey, game developers, make other consoles. And what's funny is console gaming is kind of dying, so I don't see that taking off or working. And I can understand why Microsoft wouldn't see a lot of value in that. But I think it'd be really cool if, like, because, like, Windows 10 store devices you know, or Windows 10 store apps can be worked between Xbox and Windows. Wouldn't that be cool if, like, um, well, I'm blanking on the name, who, the folks who make Steam. Um, uh, Valve? Or is that... Thank you. Right. It's Valve. How did yes. I know that, David? What if, Jeez. I, I, I don't know. I, I just blanked on the name. So what if Valve, like, they have their Steam box, right? But what if they made, like, an Xbox box or something? <laughs> and it was, like, a cheaper alternative... But it had some aspects, you know, we ran the the kernel of Windows 10 that had Xbox on it or something. And it could go mm-hmm. between Steam and Xbox. I, I really have no idea how that would work. But, like, the possibilities would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that is very interesting. But you, you said that console gaming is dying. Unfortunately. But what um, what's taking its place then? Mobile gaming. No, but I mean, like really either pc gaming or mobile gaming yeah like there's this joke in the gaming community about pc master race like the people that play <laughs> pc are like diehard pc like in, for, in terms of first person shooter you can move a mouse with more accuracy and more control than a control stick and there are all these arguments back and forth um you know so yeah and they're, they're, i mean sales in terms of sales for console gaming is kind of going down and of course with the margins being so tiny on a mobile apps it's like and people are just becoming more casual i guess gamers wise uh there are still those hardcore gamers out there thankfully well would um, it, would it, but, see i i see it this way that yeah the percentage of mobile of gaming is becoming more casual my opinion i don't see these numbers okay i don't really you know, it's not something I yeah, think same about. Here. But yeah. to me, I see more and more casual people. I mean, like people that are now getting a smartphone or, oh, I, I just used to use Facebook and now I play Candy Crush or something, you know, horrible <laughs> like that. And so there's more people gaming and they are adding to the, 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 uh, the co- what do you call it? The casual gaming, increasing that, that percentage. But personally, right. I, 
I don't know a lot of people that are have stopped gaming, console gaming. I mean, friends, people my age have been gaming for 15 years. They don't right. stop. I mean, like, they just spend a slightly less time with it, you know, instead of um, going out to, to a movie or, like, I, I don't know, changing the oil on their car or whatever. They, you know, 35-year-old, hey, uh, tell the wife I'm going to go game for a couple hours, you know. Right. That, those are the people I know. Uh, some people I know, I guess. Um, I just wasn't expecting to hear the console is dying. I just understand that there's a growing portion of mobile gaming like Pokemon Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, but honestly, like, in terms of, like, again, I, I'm like using Nintendo as a reference point, but, like, sales-wise, the NES, their first console, was, like, their best-selling console, I, th- I believe, still, by far. And then Wii was really good, too. But, like, the, the trend has been going down as far as I understand. Okay. So, anyway. Someone back... Someone tell me if this... I'm completely off base, and you guys have numbers to... You know, back that up. Yeah, I'm not basing. I'm just. This is all anecdotal, in my opinion. I I don't really care about this stuff normally. So what's <laughs> what's next here? Double tap to wake. Double tap. Oh my to goodness, wake, David. <sighs> so did you? Let's see. You had that. Just your fifteen twenty was the only one you had that on, right? I suppose. Yeah, I think you're right. Man, it seems like it's been on every device. How often I used it. Yeah. Um. So it's finally been announced. This is a while ago. They talked about uh, 950 and 950XL finally getting double tapped awake. Dittima. Dittawa. DTTW. And so it, it, it needs to be in the firmware, obviously. It, it, it's uh, uh, ATT is pushing it out in waves. I have not gotten it on either one of my devi- my 950s yet. I don't use earlier, mm. David. You said you haven't gotten it either. Um, yeah, I have. But what what realize the implications of this? You could not touch the power button at all if you have the double tap to shut off mm-hmm. option yeah. on the taskbar. So you could double tap to wake, and then oh my goodness, that would be every iPhone user that has that silly like little macro menu on their screen because like their power button's dead or their menu button's dead. Like, just showing that to them and just, uh, you know what? I don't have Snapchat, but I don't have to use my power button. <laughs> Which is a very, very weird sentence to share with anyone. But It is. But, you know, my daughter's fi- uh, 520, she would, how did she do that? Oh, she would plug it in. She would plug her headphones into the, you know, the three and a half millimeter headphone jack. And that would light up the display and she could unlock it from there because her power button had failed, obviously. What? Um, and this was, I mean, you know, it's just a resourceful 12-year-old or whatever at the time. And uh, and she didn't even bother saying, hey, Dad, my power button failed. Like, I would have just given her another phone. I had piles of those things, the 520s. And um, so whatever. I mean, like, I see what you mean, David. Like, that is valuable and it's but it's horrible that we're talking about it in that manner because good gravy, we should have had this. Like why? <laughs> I I don't know how Microsoft can necessarily justify not releasing this early on. I mean, did, was this not in the plans to begin with? Did they literally base it off of feedback and say, oh, wow, a lot of people were bitching about this. Gee, we never thought about it. Let's add some lines of code in here. Really? Uh- I think that's what happened, Vernon, because do you remember, like, th- from the fan community, the outpouring of people, like, that slammed the um, suggestion box and was like, hey, we want Double Tap to wake, and we want it now, is basically the sentiment. And it seems like around now would be enough time for them to be like, oh, I guess they want it, and then eventually implement it. I mean, I have no idea. And but- I, I do understand. Like, that, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, sentiment for it. People wanted that. But what, I, what I'm saying is that if we had it on the other devices, what, was that not a good thing? I mean, like, why would they not have planned that for the 20, well, you know, th- this year, or I should say last year's flagship device? Why would this not hmm. just be included? Especially the Well, it is, it is a hardware thing, right? So, like, maybe they're figuring, maybe OEMs wouldn't want it because it's fairly like advanced visual display type stuff so maybe they were just thinking and eh, this is a feature we had like we maybe we don't have to expect oems to have it you know if our f- phones don't or whatever 
So it's hard to say what it was. Well, the LG G2, I think, was the first one that I recall having double tap to wake. And then I think the, you know, I'm really spacing out which phone, phone that was. I think the 830 had it. Maybe it was, hmm. I don't remember. But the nine, uh, 1520 obviously did. Uh, ninth, no, 930 didn't, did it. I, and does the do you know if the HP um, Elite X3 does? It didn't say. I didn't notice it. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. But I just don't know why they wouldn't think that people would want this. But I'm here's here. Make, make, let me be clear on this. I am so thrilled that it's coming, and not necessarily because it's a great oh, feature. It is. It's a great feature, but it means that they listened to feedback, and that's important. Yeah, that is huge. Yeah. And, I mean, I actually think it's a great feature. Like. It, it seriously, I mean, it is. muscle memory was in full gear, oh, and I yeah. was like, "What was my? Fo- oh yeah, uh, no." Yeah, had a little moment of sadness every time I tried to turn my phone on. Yeah, I am very glad I will be using it. Yeah, it's it's needed exclusively, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's needed. Okay, mm-hmm. personal app, music, and podcast picks. David, what do you got? So my app pick is simply the phone app but... and Windows Ten Mobile. That's it. Wait, you use your stock fo- phone? Use app. your phone? Um, no, but <laughs> the reason why I wanted to call it out was I think it's great. I just want to talk about the improvement since eight point one. The eight point one was very very basic, or you know eight and seven prior was very basic. But with ten, I mean, you have speed dial, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You can. Um, what I really like is um, I loved the Skype integration, which is going to go away. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, like, I love the idea that you know. The mobile phone phone app just became more relevant with Skype integration. Too bad that's going away. Yeah. But I just wanted to point that out that I thought it was cool that Microsoft was experimenting with that. And I do I do feel like the phone app on the phone has pretty much everything I would ever need in terms of visual voicemail, in terms of a speed dial and linking stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, one thing that tends to get forgotten occasionally is that if you go to the dialer, I will go, uh, I will type... Um, Three, two, eight, uh, four. There we go. Four, four numbers, which could come out as. Well, in this case, it came out with David. So, two, three, four, five, seven different Davids. A couple Davids with the last name David. Somebody with the name Davis. So the point being, and then also a number that has that in there. Three two eight four. So like vanity phone numbers, it, it picks up on that. Well, vanity phone number, but also basically it, it recognized the names. You know what I'm talking about, David? Right? Does that make sense? By type. Yeah, vanity phone number. I think that's what it's called, right? Where you like can spell out words with the phone number. Well, correct. It it's catching that. It sees the number if even if it's in the middle of the phone number or towards the end of it or whatever. Oh, I okay. see. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is that by typing your name T nine style. Then mm-hmm. pulls up, you know, um, pulls up uh, your name. Obviously. I see. Okay, and that's funny. I did not realize that. So that's something that's been around on phones for quite some time. Uh, completely missed with well, with a Windows Phone and a lot of other OSs actually for the time being because people really did think, well, who makes phone calls anymore? I just have a speed dial. <laughs> I just pin the contact. Well, true, but if I need to search through my. <sighs> 3,000 stinking contacts at this point. I've rolled over every contact from everything, all my work. Yeah. Uh, um, I do search have... through that way, uh, search that way, and I need to. Huh. So that is a nice thing that they brought back. Not groundbreaking or anything, but uh, very well uh, well recognized and appreciated. Sometimes it's the little things. Do you have an app? Uh, I will go with Unishare. That is Marco Sicardi. He had, he had Unishare in... Boy, what was that Windows? Uh, whenever they started pulling out the the share to LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook thing, I think it'd be eight point one. When that started leaving, say. then he brought in a separate app that would allow you to post the same message to multiple uh, social media, you know, social uh, networks. And of course, it worked well. Uh, except then Windows ten came along, and so he modified the app, gave it. A, he was working on modifying it, and then he just started fresh. He made a completely new app, UWP app, uh, obviously available. It is now available. I've been using the beta for a bit. Marco, if you're listening, I'm sorry I didn't contribute too much to your to your uh, your beta project. 
but it's a it's a great great app uh, for sharing multiple places you obviously want to blast out everything you uh, feel in your mind share in your mind uh, to everyone in every way possible in the in the most efficient manner but um, well it's certainly better than copying and pasting and opening different apps (laughs) clicking posts absolutely and so I'm just saying this is the best way to share you'll universally share Uh, it's awesome Unishare Awesome. My music pick is just a song by Axis of Awesome called Four Chords. Some of you may actually recognize that. And it's basically a group that sings probably like the, the I don't know, 30 uh, snippets from the 30 most popular pop songs of the last 20 years in about eight minutes. And it's the same four chords that they play the whole time. They just keep singing different popular songs. It is very funny and awesome. So I recommend that you wow. listen to it. It's called, again, Four Chords by Axis of Awesome. <laughs> nice. Um, I will go with Ted Nugent, the Nuge. And the Nuge. Nuge. <laughs> and it, it's kind of crazy, all right? But that's okay. He's an amazing guitarist. Okay, there's no denying that. He's had a lot of songs throughout the years and never never had real huge hits, but still uh, many of them were pretty recognized. If anyone played Guitar Hero like ever, they probably <laughs> knew Stranglehold. You did you you know this song, David? You didn't play Guitar Hero. I did play Guitar Hero, but I only played certain versions. Okay. All right. Well, I, yeah. Anyway, Stranglehold obviously is a great song. Cat Scratch Fever, people know that. There's Fred Bear, which is a weird hunting song, but it's really very cool. And so I love Ted Nugent because he's kind of a crazy guy. He has a, his own hunting show. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, but throughout <laughs> his career, his boy 40-year career at this point, he's made a stance that he doesn't drink alcohol and he doesn't do drugs. And it's so weird to hear that, especially back then. And he's not, uh, you know, like he's a CCM artist or anything like that, but he does talk about God, you know, um, very patriotic for one. He really loves his country. He uh, has a, um, a stance similar to mine on gun control. And he is, um, but he, he said, you know, he never talks about um, his stance about drugs and alcohol. You know, he, he stays away from them. But I, I mostly I disrespect him for his music. He's an awesome guitarist, and some some of his songs when I'm listening to him loud enough get the get the goosebumps. I mean, some of his songs are that good. <laughs> Ted Nugent. That's awesome. Um, so for podcast picks, I'm going to go with the Surface Smiths. We have mentioned them a few times, but just not enough on the show. There, it's uh, they're really fun to listen to. They they have like this really unique art form i like to call it where they really mix their shows in a way that's really entertaining and so i really appreciate like the work that goes into it and uh david and colin smith they're fun to listen to they talk surface and microsoft stuff similar to this one so i totally recommend it Mm -hmm. and sometimes they get a third smith on there so if they they pick one as as a, a poor of a podcaster as myself then they highly edit it and make it much better but if you go back and listen to the episode i was on there with them which you don't need to at least just listen to the beginning i love how they i'm just gonna say twisted my words which they didn't but the beginning of that episode is very interesting um check it out it's like audio clickbait yeah well yeah here we go uh Oh, my own podcast. I got a, I got a podcast. Uh, I've been doing this show for a while, obviously, but recently, I think we, I think we've recorded episode three so far of the MS Power User Podcast, and I am, I'm doing it. I'm having a great time with Andy Bennett. He's one of the other. He's a, the co-host on there. We talk about Microsoft News, obviously. We focus a bit more on the news itself, the more relevant stuff, uh, more current things. Uh, I definitely keep politics out of there. David and I let a lot of that spill over here, and that's probably enough. (laughs) And... um, but that's that's more news focused. Uh, Andy has a lot of great uh, content and a lot of great insight he has. He really, really does understand uh, gaming. Uh, obviously, uh, Microsoft itself, as far as uh, the news going on with with the company, which I sometimes miss, and uh, Windows Ten, and and of course uh, Microsoft Services. He understands that stuff stuff well. So I'm there to just kind of talk through it, and he's got all the content. And well, we read, we uh 
it's definitely worth checking out. I'm having a great time with it. And of course, MS Power User uh, used to be WM Power User. Yeah, um, definitely a great site. The guys over there, but just awesome, um, welcoming us in, getting us started on the podcast. And um, they uh, there's a lot of great content shared on that website too. Totally, it's a great listen. I def if you like this show, you will definitely like that show as well. I can say that because I've been listening to it. It's been really great. You guys do a great job. Wow. Thanks. All right. That's about, oh, Twitter tip. See, I'm reading. The last thing. Twitter this tip. This is a simple Twitter tip. If you're on desktop and you see a timestamp on a tweet, it's actually a permalink. So you can click the 12 seconds ago or whatever date it is, and that will bring up the page to the permalink. And likewise, if you want the mobile equivalent of that, there's often on Windows Phone, there's a dot, 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 or there's like a drop-down arrow on other OSs, and there's get tweet permalink, and that is how you can send an individual tweet to anybody. Just that permalink can give you one tweet in any moment of time. The power of the permalink. Nice. Well, we're going a bit over time here. Uh, David V. Kimball on Twitter, Vernon E.L. on Twitter, at um, and then M. Wow, MS Mobile Show all over the web, or at least uh, select spots of the web. The important places. Yep, we're only where you should be, obviously. Um, so <laughs> thanks again, everyone. We're going to skip the rest of this. Have a wonderful week. Stay mobile. <laughs>